0: the best thing ever happened to me today is to be a black African. The best thing ever happened to me right today is being a black African. And that, when we can assure and and reinforce, because look, if I'm Zimbabwean, if I start to make wine, I'm going to introduce Zimbabweans to to it. If you are Ethiopian, if you start to do wines, you're going to, This is a win-win for everybody. I understand this could take from those with too much,
1: but that's just... But that's okay. Salaam and hello, everyone. My name is Lili Bakala-Piper, and as always, I am thrilled that you have joined us today so my family has had the good privilege to travel to south africa on a few occasions we've gone for work we've gone for pleasure and we've had the joy of taking our kids and our first family trip there was really motivated by the fact that we've named our son silas after nelson mandela his name is silas nelson and of course with that history we wanted to go to south africa walk the streets that Mandela walked and experience the country that he so beautifully tried to preserve and build. In fact, this year marks the 10th anniversary of his death. And I think it's safe to say that the continent and the world misses Madiba, misses his leadership and his vision. So once again, we took a third trip this year, but this time I was determined that we would patronize And give our business to Black owned businesses. As much as possible, I wanted our business and our investment and our tourism dollars to go to the 80% of the population that has been denied so much opportunity, even since the election in 1994 of South Africa's first Black president, Nelson Mandela. So I happened to run across an article in the New York Times written by John Elgon, the Johannesburg bureau chief for the Times, highlighting the Black winemakers in the country and the growth of the wine industry. It was a fantastic article and gave me so many options of where I could take my family. I've heard myself, I'm a wine lover. I don't know much about wine, but I know that I enjoy it. I know which, a few different kinds that I enjoy. And so I was really excited to take my kids and my family to two places. One, a Black-owned vineyard, and then another, a, a restaurant led and owned by a Black chef. And so that's where my guest today comes in. If you read the New York Times article, which we will definitely include in the show notes today, you'll see that Elgon described Bunashi Kuramba, the owner, chef, and sommelier of Harry Kitchen, as a tour de force. What a compliment. Uh, Elgon, in his tour of South Africa, had many, many meals, but he talked about the meal at Harry Kitchen being probably the best of his entire trip, which I really says, says a lot. So we took my family. We had a six-course pairing meal at Harry Kitchen, and when we arrived, we were delighted that Munasheh himself greeted us and welcomed us to his restaurant. I think in all of my travels around the world, that's the first time that that has happened, that the chef himself comes out and welcomes a guest. So immediately, we felt at home. Immediately, we felt connected. And as he started to tell us a story about his work and his restaurant, I knew that I had to bring him on the show. Munashe is only 27 years old and came to South Africa as a student for electrical engineering. He had to get a job, so he did so at a wine, uh, winemaker's vineyard, and through that experience, his love of wine just blossomed. And since then, he has opened Harry Kitchen, he started his own wine label called Global Sip, and he is making a name for himself across the culinary scene in South Africa, so, it is my great joy and delight to welcome Munashe Karamba to the show today, the chef, sommelier, and culinary genius behind Harry Kitchen, and a winemaker and a storyteller, too. So, welcome to the show, Munashe. It is so good to have you with me today.
0: Salam. Salam.
1: <laughs> That's a perfect what way to start.
0: <laughs> a beautiful honor and a great pleasure to be on such a beautiful platform. Thank you so much first and foremost the visit with the family. Ah that makes me feel absolutely stellar. And wow. to follow uh, you know the podcast invite I mean what could be better from a lunch outcome that
1: <laughs> Should be one
0: of the best outcomes from a lunch. I mean, uh, I not all chefs get a chance to sit on a podcast. Ah, uh, oh
1: man. no, but you it's, know, it's it's my joy truly because, like I said, we we arrived at Harry Kitchen and you welcomed us, and I because I'd read the article and seen your picture, I knew it was you, and I was just stunned and. For our family, it was a highlight of our trip um, to to be with you and to be in your restaurant and, and enjoy truly the work of arts that you presented to us that day. So the joy uh, is mine.
0: Now look, it's uh, uh, the the objective we're trying to create is a feeling of home far from home. We know traveling or hustling and bustling, it's its a difficult yeah. life. But, you know, my objective when somebody gets to her Kitchen, I got to make them feel at home. So if yeah. they can feel at home yeah. far from home, uh, it's the best for me.
1: You succeeded. So let's let's dive right into your story, Munashe. So I, I, I mentioned that you came to South Africa from Zimbabwe. For a completely different purpose. That's right. So when people ask you about your story, how do you summarize it? How do you capture in brief how you got to be the chef and owner of this beautiful restaurant?
0: I had my own personal goals and business. And I tell you, wine find me. I had no business here. Wine <laughs> wine find me gathering around my life, but uh you know, I always say I have a wine bug and I can't cure it. It's it's just something I, I can't fix. I uh, am allergic to bad wines. I only can drink good ones.
1: Me too. I'm I have the same allergy. I have the same allergy. I'm trying to tell my husband. I'm sorry. I know it's I, I know it's a bit pricey allergy to have, but I have the same.
0: <laughs> I tell you. So yeah, the story of this young man is uh, is one which could be put in simplified words. You know, I'm a born and bred Zimbabwean. Uh, I went to school, grew up in Zimbabwe, whole family over there, and I migrated to come down to Stellenbosch University to study electrical engineering. So that's what brought me at the center of Winelands. And I, I really had no intentions to, to become a Somalia. You know, if I would tell my mom, the first time I told my mother, I'm slowing down on engineering for Somalia. She, she was ecstatic. She's like, wow, what is that? But to her disappointment in some sense, she's like, <laughs> what is that about? But now... Uh, different story she she tell all her friends what is a sommelier she's she's my she's the best definition to give to a regular person to explain what is a sommelier she knows what is a sommelier so yeah engineering and uh you know fast forward it i a holiday job to work in wine lands like you mentioned earlier you know as an African kid you gotta get to work whilst you are improving your own personal skills. Fast forward I did run a few restaurants. Uh you know we started with uh one uh Laquent France by Biden Host is he's, he's quite a really well accomplished chef and he bring me on board from Grand Provence we went and opened his first restaurant with me. 2017 2018-19 He grew to a few more establishments and I become a group sommelier at 23 years old
1: you've led a couple of kitchens you've you know, now immerse yourself in the world of sommelier and becoming a qualified sommelier, which is, like you said, at 23 is is just remarkable. That is an engineering of the beverage industry, you know, becoming the the top echelon of of the wine industry for sure.
0: Absolutely, yeah.
1: But as as also as a Zimbabwean in in South Africa. So, you know, all of us who know on the continent, we're very aware of the challenges that exist in South Africa at times. So tell me as a Zimbabwean in particular, what that path looked like for you, as you entered into this industry.
0: The welcome to from the South Africans has been amazing, you know. I'm it, I'm, I'm in France, you get small little town, very very rich uh, uh, atmosphere, but you know you have got also the other downside: the 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 small location, poverty in there is. Uh, as a little mm. bit uh, mm. at a higher rate, but that's uh, and that's where I come from. I'm I'm coming from these regular streets of uh, yeah. uh, Franchuk. I'm I'm I'm, you know, the difference. the The only difference between me and a South African kid, what will be me, is because I was born in Zimbabwe. Yeah. But the opportunities and the possibilities to growth. Uh, you know, we had to make them. We we had to make the opportunities, and I think that's what I learned. the 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 the, the bigger thing I learned about this is uh, how to create your own opportunities. You know, from look, I used to wash dishes in kitchens. That's the first part. I I used to wash dishes. I polish cutlery. Uh, I raised through ranks, you know, I did wait. Yeah, he started, at, he
1: started at the bottom. Yeah.
0: And, and I think that is what the gift I would say I was given by the South African wine industry. They allowed me to become just, you know, an opportunity for an African child. This is how this was presented to me. I had to make something of it or nothing.
1: So let me follow up on that because... You know the one thing, of course, we we know when we noticed as tourists to South Africa, is that the country still has a ways to go of, you know, distributing wealth and opportunity. Yes. it is. It's yes. by no way, you know, since 1994 achieved. I think the hopes that Mandela has had for the country by any stretch, and we're 30 years on from from the you know that that moment in time. So in an industry where I, I think I read in that Times article in particular. You know, black people make up 80% of the population, but only 2% of the wine vineyards and the land that vineyards are on are owned by black people, only 2%. Yep. Yeah. And that is in the context of South Africa. You know, I think wine is their second biggest export. So yes. when you're thinking about wealth distribution and opportunity, black people have yet to access that. There's, you know, we're a long way from seeing equity there. So what does it feel like right now to be a winemaker and sommelier in that context? Um, because I think it's important for us to appreciate that you're not in the US, you're not in Europe. You're in a country that is still self-actualizing on the promises it made over 30 years ago.
0: Yeah. And look, uh, we, we, we're still uh, a far bit away. But my, my projection independently is to really do this sommelier and chef thing so well that uh some of these uh local kids they when they look at me because i i am genuinely from these streets like in the true sense i i i get here when i was 18 i'm I'm, Hmm. i'm a good example, I'm just like a kid who come from Eastern Cape. That's that's mm. the equivalence I could give to Zimbabwe to that. And I was mm. dropped in the heart of food and wine. And there is a, a few bit of opportunities in the in long run. And I, I've been fortunate. Good mentors, uh, you know, good peps upbringing. But going back to how that distribution is, we're still far from, our, from a from a distribution equity where you know we could say uh, here is the Africanness in the southern part of Africa, friendship. That part is still far fetched. We still need to get more black people involved in the wine business more black winemakers more black sommeliers more black because this will will not teach but allow the exposure of the other black people to want to come and explore what is this because it's a very small rich town and i tell you for me the new york times have amazingly influenced my wow. reputation and and you know just just the fact that I was featured in New York Times. I didn't understand what that means. A while ago, I didn't understand what that means. But yeah. today I'm 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 sitting in a position where somebody will come to me and say, hey, because of New York Times I'm here. And that's my biggest dream to show these these this young generation coming. You know, I teach the French Sugar Academy, I lecture there, and it's all Black local kids, hmm. same kids. I, 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 you know, I meet them at the lecture, and they, they see a little bit of my post. I, I, you know, these days, uh, I, I'm proud of the New York Times. I, I you know, I said, look, this is the exact same kid who where, where you are five, eight years ago. You can be like this, and and
1: yeah. hmm. my
0: dream is for two or three of them to just take it and run twice faster and better than me.
1: Absolutely. I mean, if you can duplicate yourself plus plus, that that definitely is a dream. But you know, something you said really strikes me about the importance of us helping each other as well. You know, so when my family came and this is what we're trying to do with this show, salam and hello, is to shine a light on the innovations, the thinkers, the creators who are creating solutions already. You know, we do not need help from elsewhere. The solutions are in our hand. And so That exposure, though, is so critical of saying that we exist. You know, when I read that article, I was also struck by the fact there are only two or three fully Black-owned wine labels in a country that has over, you know, 2,800 vineyards. I mean, that is a shocking statistic. And so when you think about the industry right now, in particular for women and smaller businesses, you know, I think we all know the Niederbergs and the, you know, what's that other big one? um, Oh, I can Shannon see it in my Cobb, mind's eye. Yeah, Shannon exactly. Cobb, exactly. We Donna all know those Rimes. names. Yeah. But for women in particular, for smaller businesses, do you see the industry making room for them?
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, I've I've been uh fortunate uh in this particular ground. Um uh, to price, she's American, but she's the force to be reckoned with particularly women empowerment, you know it's it's one of these small things you get to observe as you grow into business and in in person spiritually physically and her approach to women empowerment is one that's so vivid because she will go and pick somebody who's fairly not so much popular and she she has a way of connecting that certain circle of women empowerment and I do see that growing in in particularly the wine scene because hey do you know who drinks most of the wine produced in the world
1: I'm sure it's women I'm I'm so sure I feel like men drink beer so I feel like women must be the wine consumers (laughs) it is it is and then
0: you know what I figure out now because we we're working on a, another project in in the future where we want to, uh, get to see you know it's a study of what really women likes to drink the style I'm I'm you know I'm thinking ahead of time, you know as as a as a wine producer myself to see what brand women really like to drink what oh no not brand but style you know creating. Mm-hmm. The, the the beverage for them to be able to genuinely have to enjoy and i think that with women winemakers
1: so this feels like a good time to talk about the women in your own life you've mentioned your mom already who have shaped who you are as a chef and a sommelier so tell us about about her and about others who may have really influenced what you do now
0: my grandmother is 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 the the guiding force, particularly mm-hmm. on that because uh, very practical in uh, in the approaches. And uh, we didn't know the because you know when I look at some of her techniques, we we were a lot of grandkids in the house at some point. At times <laughs> we're twenty in the house.
1: Oh wow. Literally. Twenty is, yeah. yeah, that's a 20 lot, grandkids. In Even for house. an African family, that's a lot, yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, on those Christmas days, uh, you yeah. know that's yeah. it's just gonna go down. And yeah. uh she would take this is something very practical. She would take flour and a little bit of oil and stir that a little bit and add into the chicken stock to make the chicken soup that was stretching food and you know what that is called in the modern world
1: yeah called that's a called roux. A, a roux exactly yeah and before I, there was a roux there was grandma <laughs> because I, I look at it now I'm like oh yes
0: that's what she used to do and mm. you know they didn't have the cookbooks. They didn't have the recipes written down. It just, I wish she could have write some of the things down for me. I do really, really, really wish. And, mm. you know, it's its given me a reason to write them down now. You know, yeah, you got to come and see my recipe book. It's scribble. It, it's recipes everywhere. And mm. I think that's, that's been the amazing part, the gift she gave me to to able to not be afraid of the heat. You know, uh if you walk in my house uh, today uh, at one o'clock in the morning, I will get you something to eat. Okay, it, Na-
1: Monashe, don't tell me that. Because Next time when I come to town, I'll just show look, up at the house, look, not the
0: restaurant. <laughs> at the house. Look, I cook I cook the few from home. So, But that's that's been the influence for me. I, I mm-hmm. genuinely enjoy taking care of others. Mm-hmm. And that's I look at that, our house has been the one with most guests.
1: Mm. It's it just been like that. Well, you know, th- there's that saying that people forget what you say, but they remember how you make them feel. So sure. when people feel at home through your food, through your hospitality, they, they they don't forget that. That that stays with them. Absolutely. So what do you think about your grandmother's cooking? I, I just love imagining the scene of Christmas Day and grandchildren yeah. and noise and the smell of food. Do you have a favorite recipe of hers or favorite uh, memory yes. that that stayed with you these years? Yeah, please tell us. Tell me. Yeah. Uh
0: there is two simple ingredients, pumpkin and peanut butter.
1: Okay, and for a soup.
0: Yeah, it's an ultimate, ultimate bliss. I tell you where this really comes from, because you know, as is the farmers, you grow maize tobacco Mm -hmm. and cotton and in the middle of the row the grain is plants peanut butter Mm. uh, pumpkins pumpkins Mm. in 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 the center of the rows and then in the growing season after after the hard day of the field she'll pick some pumpkin leaves take home peel make we call it sadza I don't know what you call it in uh in your language but you know the millimilpap yes
1: Yes, you know, we don't have Which it in Ethiopia, appetite. but I've had it here. Yes, in Kenya and other places, that pumpkin leaf is delicious. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then that's that's just, it's one healthy relish that, you know, I, I go home, I'm like, mom, can I get a little bit of the pumpkin leaf? And it's yeah. I'm starting to grow some of that at the restaurant. I am literally Fantastic. starting to grow some of that. And she would take the pumpkins. Roast them or braise them. Ah, uh, roast is modern. Let's go back to basic. Braise sure. the pumpkins, <laughs> and then she would take for the thickening. Do you know when I learned that you thicken with cornstarch? My grandmother's kitchen.
1: Yeah. yeah, she would
0: take corn, pour water, stay, let it sit, and she just sift the top starch, and that thickens the pumpkin soup. And mm. then after that, scoop of peanut butter. That I will do. Three five times a week going to school, that that just, wow, that
1: was it. That was that was a staple.
0: That was the staple. Look, yeah. go, it's quick. In she can do it beforehand in the morning, warming up for you. Uh, beforehand at night, warming up for you in
1: the morning, and there you go to school. And when you think about it, how nutritious pumpkin is, how much protein oh, protein oh. peanuts have. You know, the the wisdom they had was before we had the the words to say. You know, this is this, this is that. They had the wisdom to know what would sustain their family and their kids.
0: Well balanced diet. Absolutely. That, that,
1: and 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 able to
0: look, I, I really re-look really into that and, and say, wow, this this was something to, to 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 look at. And yeah. Perhaps they didn't understand what that means at that point, but surely they had their understanding they of knew, what that means.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And, and so what I do now is I take the same ingredients and elevate it in a modern something. That is what I've been up to. So I So take let's care. talk
1: about that. Yeah, let's talk about Harry Kitchen because the meal we had there was divine. I remember my kids like after every course you would bring and you'd tell us a little bit about what it is and what is they would just say, oh, this was my favorite one. Then the next would come be like, no, 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 actually, this is my favorite one. You know? And I was like, I see where this is going. And it truly was, there was nothing bad we had. Every dish was exceptional. So I want to ask you a few questions specifically. So number one. Absolutely. Who was Harry in the Harry kitchen? What is that? A Is that a person? Is that something in So you know?
0: Harry is a clay pot used in a cooking in the Southern African. You know, I, I was sitting as, as this uh, happening, Thinking, what could I do that is uh, so much of a reminder? You know, when you say Harry, yes. something inside me says, "Hey, hey, hey, hey."
1: Hmm.
0: Are you getting Are you getting things done right? You know, it. It's this. So she would do the pumpkin leaves eh? or oh, the 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 beef stew. It's cooked. There's a small little clay pot, yes. And that in that clay pot, we oh no, whatever comes out of that yes is is that that's the mother of you know it just whatever comes out of that is the most delight
1: definitely that we have in ethiopia we call it shekla and we have that that is that is what we cook in as well and you're right it's actually a prized possession you know it gets seasoned over time gets better with time yes
0: Oh, yes. uh, for me, it's similar to a Dutch oven. You know, when they say that the Dutch oven port, that if somebody yes. who is more than wants to know what Harry is, is as similar as the Dutch oven port. Okay,
1: that's it. Okay. That's it. Yeah. I love that. I love that you named it a reminder for you of what your vision was, you know, to, to create this place that felt like home. So let me ask you, what did it feel like that first day? that this restaurant opens. Because we've already said you were young, you own, you're the sommelier, you're the head chef. And it's not a small restaurant. It has got several tables inside, outside. We happened to be there in winter. So we were lucky that it was not as crowded as like the holiday season. But bring me to the day that you opened it. What did that feel like to you?
0: It's a Friday and then uh, somewhere around November twentieth, I tell you, two thousand and twenty, we are at the heart of COVID nineteen, and I'm I'm I I left the job. I'm like you know the food truck is not putting anything on the table. The whole world is in disaster, and yeah, I I I had uh, I had you know when somebody I, I think I will pick the I had a dream pitch. You know, I had a dream to to go out and do the Africanness. I I wanted to, you know, in the wine in the hospitality industry, you get to see black people going to a restaurant and there is still in in all sense of the word, there is still some kind of way. People look and and feel about a, a, a black crew working in the establishment. I For sure. this 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 uh, I'll stand behind it any time. Also, reason being is some of the black people with the money to afford haven't realized the etiquette of the so-called dining space. Hmm. And I took all this in consideration, and this was. What I say is my responsibility. Mm-hmm. I will make a place where anybody with this skin tone, which could, it, it, anybody who is black would walk in here and know that this is home. That's yeah, why I want it.
1: So tell me what, in five to 10 years, where do you want your own? brand and your own wine to be? What's the goal and the aim? Is it distribution? Is it variety? You know, what's what's your five to 10 year vision with that?
0: First and foremost, I want to make wines that are African palate friendly. Mm. What
1: what does that mean? What does that mean, African palate friendly
0: to you? Uh, Juicy, a bit generally not too extremely ascetic, but approachable the African palate is not going because wine is not our culture right initially so what I want to make is the beverage that because when I give you something big bold robust and it's your first time that's the last time I see you on that wine glass. <laughs> so it's the last. So yeah. what I want to create now is could I make something juicy, round, elegant, and smooth?
1: So tell me, what does Global Sip, your brand, what do you carry right now? And and where can we find it? Can we find it outside of Hook, or do I have to come back?
0: Uh, look, for now, you got to get to come back. But I'm uh, working with a Kenyan distributor for now. And Great. then a uh, uh, German warehouse, so we have got two outlets for now. So Great. sooner or later, I think the website will be www.globalsip.co.za, okay.
1: and yeah,
0: that's where you could order online, and we can ship the wines to you.
1: Fantastic! That's so and exciting. Look,
0: the the name Global Sip, is uh, inspired by by this because you know. I wanted to approach this in in my own interpretation. Uh, wine is a universal language. Definitely. Let's gather globally and have a sip. This is the this is the reason. Wine is a universal language. Let's gather globally and have a sip. The best thing ever happened to me today is to be a black African. the best thing ever happened to me right today is being a black African, and. That when we can assure and 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 reinforce. Because look, if I'm Zimbabwean, if I start to make wine, I'm gonna introduce Zimbabweans to it. If you are Ethiopian, if you start to do wines, you're gonna this is a win-win for everybody. I understand this could take from those with too much, but that's just but that's okay. That's uh that's, that's that's for me, because look, if I'm going if I'm going to take the wine to my people, they will drink it. They will drink it. And it's I've I've witnessed it. I've cooked for my people and hey, they they they're telling me, hey man, that's 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 what we want to eat. And, and I I know the feeling, you know, this can't be explained to me. I know what that feels like to put everything in and, and 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 do all you can and somebody says genuinely hey that's that's it that's that's that's, that's yeah. what that's what that's what we expected plus more. So Absolutely. that that's that's
1: I love how you yeah. said that that if you take it to Zimbabwe they'll drink it. Cause it's true here in Kenya, here in Ethiopia, there are local brands that are you know, relatively young, you know, 10, 15 years that are growing in the market. They're they're now offering wine tours. They're starting to, you know, educate the public. And absolutely someone like me, I'm looking for that brand. I'm looking for the Zimbabwean wine. I'm looking for the, South, the Ethiopian brand, the More. Kenyan brand that I can send my money to. I'll never make the wine, but yeah. I will drink it. <laughs> and so we are looking for those opportunities. I think you, you mentioned earlier, um, the drinking abroad, I think, uh, podcast which I listened to that you did with—is it Tuanane Price?
0: Tuan Tuan, Tuan, Tuan Price.
1: Price. I really love what she's yeah. doing. You know, creating these experiences for African Americans in particular to come to the continent and, you know, have these experiences with other Black people, but who are in South Africa. I think that that kind of bridge that we need to make to help each other is really powerful. And for me and this podcast, that's what we're trying to do is shine a light on. If you're looking for a good wine, don't just go to what you've always done. You look for the black winemakers who are really hard at work, you know, creating and, and making beautiful wines. So it's
0: it's the appreciation when you when you do something. Uh, yeah, it just just somebody coming to tip your back and say, "Hey, you go you go for it." I would take this bottle to support your cause. And, Absolutely. And, and,
1: yeah,
0: that's it's, a beautiful it's, it's, thing. They, these, uh, I said last week to the guys, there's nothing sweeter than black money coming to another black person. That's great. That's great. I love
1: that. No, they, they, love they, that. there's nothing. Yes. They, they,
0: because you know what's going to happen. You give me the money. Thank you. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pay another black person. Guess where they're going to shop? From another... You see, Absolutely. when we start to understand that, when we start to understand, you, you know, in these smaller communities where it's very, very deep African, I, I like the ecosystem in there. Somebody grow the maize, somebody own the grinding mill, somebody grow the vegetables, somebody has got the kettles for the feeding. It's it just... And and the more we 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 get to understand that in a global scale, is is the faster we can uh, make more black billionaires because black money has gone somewhere else except in a black community.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. That's such a powerful statement. And I actually think it's a perfect way to start to wrap up this conversation because that's what it's all about. Um, supporting each other. That's Ubuntu. That's what Mandela wants, I think, that's at the end of the day. It. That's it. Uh, it's Ubuntu. I am because you are, you know, and um, thank you for putting that out there. Thank you for how you're creating that. I mean, we not only felt at home, but we felt grateful that we had a place where we could come and put the money, exactly what you said, into the hands of somebody who was creating this for somebody else. So you are so appreciated. Really appreciate and, and No, I appreciate it. And, and oddly enough, we, we always ask our guests two questions before we let them go.
0: Uh-huh. So
1: the first question, and honestly, we ask this of every guest, not just our sommelier guests, but we ask every really? guest, what is their favorite drink? Uh, I shame. this is for you <laughs> try and pick one
0: <laughs> i do drink uh rosé uh, for me this is it you when you get a chance to come to my house bring a bottle of rosé and uh okay that's it. That's, i'll do that, that say. because because you know what no pretentiousness and it's see-through we can see through the bottle
1: I like that. I like that. So if you're not drinking wine, though, what's your favorite drink?
0: Oh, if I'm not drinking wine, I am a big brandy fan. Uh, I drink a great significant amount of brandy. And I've been recently introduced to a French brand. It's called Sedon. It's one of my favorite things. Like, that's a cheat treat, you know. I don't get to do (laughs) it more often. But it's a sparkling red from uh, Beaujolais, I think. It's interesting. A, you know, my Sommelier friends, when they hear this, they'll come for me.
1: Of, our, tell I, you the... I, I, me, I'm like, oh, interesting, but <laughs> those who know, they question. will
0: come for me. So it's it's not it's not one of those uh, very popular things, but such a bliss to 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 A okay.
1: red sparkling. I'm gonna look for that. Yeah. And then before I let you go, you know, our show is all about joy and justice. So, Manashi, tell me, what is bringing you joy in your life th- these days?
0: Um, able to wake up and uh, go exercise my rightful right to cook for others. That is giving me a lot of bliss. And uh, another part of uh, perhaps the next conversation is... Uh, african education system you and mr parker spoke a little bit about that on your last podcast yes yes and uh yeah for me it's uh next is about also the education system as you know me i'm i'm uh, i'm working to see if i can uh, start my own school system or education system however you put it i've been kind of get the right term to it but yeah uh That's one of the things getting me so excited, able to educate Africans the African way.
1: Absolutely.
0: That is something I would like to take on a really, Mm. really brisk and handful to see how best I can educate the Africans in an African way.
1: Beautiful. I mean, I love that what gives you joy is more work, more service is what brings you joy. So that's really something special, Monache. You're really one of a kind. And truly, Monashe, it's been a, a pleasure and an honor to have you on. Salam and Hello today. Thank you so much for Thank sharing you your story. Thank you so much.
0: It has been a wonderful one. And uh I hope not the last one because oh, you really, have a Stay lot of Africanness to share, surely. Absolutely. And thank you so much to your listeners. It's been a, a lovely, lovely, lovely session.
1: Thank you so much. And and listeners, we will be putting all of Munashe's information in the show notes so you can see where to find Harry Kitchen, how to follow him and in his work. And we'll also link up some other places where you can see his interviews with other platforms, including the New York Times article that called him a tour de force. And I'm sure after listening to this conversation, you can only agree that that's exactly what he is. Um, as always, we would love to hear from you so send us a DM send us an email you can find us at Salam and hello on all the platforms Twitter, Facebook, Instagram or you can email me Lily at salamandhello.com. So thank you for listening thank you to Manashe, and we'll see you next time.
0: Thank you so much
1: baby just got. I